Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. everybody yar <laughs> yar <laughs> i'm not really in a pirate mood i just there's a pirate on our team i panicked as soon as i hit record and i was like oh shit i should say something other than hello everybody <laughs> hello in, in in your podcast voice yeah um i'm carolanne i'm Matt. steve the pirate uh and this is boost and confused welcome back to another episode or thanks for joining us for the first time um those of you from South Africa because I like looked at our pod stats for the first time in probably a month and I was like holy shit where did all these people from South Africa come from um so thanks welcome they come from South Africa well yes I understand that but I did not think our pod had any traffic there so Thanks for joining us. Or if you listen to like 20 seconds. Yeah, it must have been a mistake. If you were like, I'm out. Thanks for the 20 seconds anyways. Um, All right. You have another me episode today. And I'm going to preface this entire thing with if you've been feeling maybe a little like blah about, I don't know, the state of COVID or climate change. Just don't listen to today's episode. Don't. It will just. It's not about COVID. It's not about COVID. It's not about climate change, but it will probably just feel your like. Blech mood so just skip this one I would, we'll catch you next week i would almost rather dive into something that's that's a little terrible and yeah i mean really not worry about COVID. this is uh mainly for the people in california so i guess good luck and you, and you know no one out there is listening to us yeah maybe we're not the, they have actual entertainment like in la Jake paul logan paul <laughs> We're not the Paul yeah. brothers, or who's yeah. that? Who's that TikTok family? Oh, the uh, dead. They De- got coffee D'Angelo? at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, they've got coffees. Yeah. Anyways, the kids love them. <laughs> okay. Um, oh yeah, they do, don't they? I've the always found that crazy. so weird. The kids think that if they drink the coffee, that they'll become good at TikTok. Yeah, that's not how it works. Um, anyways, all right, so. Today's episode, before we get into it, a couple of items. The first is we're on all of your favorite social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And I've been super inactive with the exception of um, like just posting our pod updates. Um, and for everybody that like shouts us out on Twitter or messages us, I'm sorry that I'm so late. I always see the notifications pop up on my phone. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll get to it. And then two days go by and I feel like a terrible human. So there you go. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have a, a a pod Instagram. Yeah. Potty mouth. Potty Matt. mouth, Matt. I don't touch it. I don't touch any of my social media, honestly. I don't even look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I've reached that level of like old manness where I yeah. like pull my glasses down to the edge of my nose i'm like what's what's going on here old man yells at cloud um but if you are not super into social media and you still would like to send us a message you can email us at boostingconfusedpodcast at gmail.com and we'll respond within like three to seven business days 
uh, actually, you're more likely to get a response on a weekend. Um, let's see. If you like the pod and you want to support us, uh, the best way that you could do that is by following and or subscribing and uh, leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I know Spotify just started like trialing, allowing you to leave reviews. So it would always be really appreciated. And if you leave us a review and you take a screenshot and you send it to us, We'll send you like just a shitload of booze and confused stickers. Maybe a whole box. Maybe a whole box. You know, I think at this rate we're gonna have a higher rating percentage than like Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe we might. Um, cool. And the last one, what are you drinking? Ooh. I know what you are because I just tasted yeah, it before this. Yeah, you just drank this. it. Uh, this is a Sierra Nevada Dankful generously hoppy ipa it, it is uh it is very hoppy i've been it is very very hoppy i've been very into hops these last few weeks yeah i've been mad into ipas what are you drinking um i'm also drinking sierra nevada what but it's just the pale ale we went to costco today and i saw sierra nevada like mix pack and i was like yep it you're was, you're coming home with me. <laughs> it was a mistake going to Costco it, when we went to Costco. It's fine. It's oh, fine. I was the only mistake is that we couldn't get hot dogs. So sorry. <sighs> Regrets. All right. Well, uh, without further ado, today's episode. Um, I don't really know what to name this one. I don't know what I'm gonna name it. I still haven't. The big one. It is. It is about the big one. Yeah, just, just, just call it the big one. So, um, I've always been really fascinated by natural disasters and i think most of the time that's just out of like pure anxiety um i'm pretty sure i've told this story before but uh when i first started seeing a therapist for my anxiety uh in january of 2020 uh great timing but one of the things i talked about was just like you know how fragile life is and then bam global pandemic so (laughs) oh i was gonna bring up how whenever there's a hurricane you are yeah. glued yeah. to the Weather Channel. Well, uh, it's Jim Cantori. Okay, well, first and of all, all things weather. The first time that I, I'm not even gonna get into that. That maybe that's for a different uh, episode. But yeah, no, Jim Cantori is uh, daddy. He's, he's daddy. <laughs> okay, so uh, Weather Channel has always done a really good job at producing um, those shows that are like. What would happen if a Category 5 hurricane hit Chicago? Never going to happen. (laughs) What would happen if a hurricane made love to a monsoon (laughs) and they dropped it square in the middle of Lakeshore Drive? (laughs) What would happen if an earthquake registered over 10 on the Richter scale? Uh, There's always like a, I think there's one called like Mega Quake or something like that. I don't know. It's always like doomsday shows um, and they always suck me in. Like they're not at all informative. They're just pure like speculation disaster porn. And I I live for them. It's terrible. They also have that show. It's like, um, would you survive? Oh, yeah. Right. And it's like, you're face to face with a bison. Would you A, poke it in the eye, B, uh, run away or C get behind someone else or a yeah. vehicle and you're like well that's obviously yeah. C and he goes wrong it's and A poke it in the <laughs> eye because then it can't see you yeah I uh, would never survive any of those scenarios I feel like an idiot um, 
But as we get further into the 2000s, there's one natural disaster that's getting closer to becoming reality. And this one is a matter of when, not if, it happens. We just don't know when it will happen. And um, today we're going to talk about the big one. We're going to talk about the expected big earthquake uh, that's supposed to hit California along the San Andreas Fault. And I'm not talking about the one just, you know, for anybody who's like got this disaster fetish who wants to listen about California dropping into the ocean. That's not the scenario that we're talking about today. Sorry. <laughs> oh, then I'm I'm leaving. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, that, that that's great. Thanks so much for joining us today. Bye. Uh, so I do have to say I'm impressed because obviously I don't prep for earthquakes in Chicago, but uh, we have started being a lot more serious about prepping for things in our area, like floods. We just bought flood insurance for the first time last year, um, even though we don't live in a flood zone. Um, what really freaked me out was like the historic flooding that happened in New York, and then people just lost everything and didn't have flood insurance. Uh, so they're kind of fucked. Um, we've taken tornado warnings like a little bit more seriously, uh, especially because last year there was like an F3 that hit a suburb near us, just like out of the blue. Uh, kind of crazy. And as I've been doing a lot of research for today's episode, I found a lot of people who live west of the fault in California have actually taken proper steps to like prep for the big one. So good for y'all. That's really smart. Like a lot of people are talking about what's in their to-go bags. So have they put floaties on their house? <laughs> yeah, that would uh, that would be the first thing on on my list. Yeah. You know, we're not really prone to earthquakes in our neck of the woods. No, not at all. I do remember, maybe five, six years ago, I was sitting at my desk at my school where I was working, and. I thought someone was moving like one of those really big like file cabinets, mm-hmm. but when I it went, it was an earthquake. No, it wasn't even an earthquake. There was just like an explosion at a quarry <laughs> mine, uh, which was like miles, tens yeah. of miles away. Yeah, and it was large enough that I felt the shake mm-hmm. in, in my pants. Yep, <laughs> and it wasn't poop. Yep, yeah. Um, I'm not going to go into like entire geological history of the San Andreas Fault because one, I'm not smart enough to accurately describe everything. I would just be reading off of, I don't know, like a a Cliff Notes version. And uh, two, I'd rather focus on like the earthquake itself. Um, But I'll give a bit of an overview for context. It's a fault line. It is a fault line. So it's where two tectonic plates meet. Wow. Yeah. I took seventh grade (laughs) geology. Uh, so the San Andreas Fault is like 750 miles through California, and there's three segments of the fault. Uh, each segment has its own characteristics and like degrees of earthquake Personalities. Risk. Yeah. <laughs> they would all have different tender bios. Um, there's the Northern Fault, the Central Fault, and the Southern Fault Zones. And I have to say, I learned a lot doing the research for this because I didn't know any of this actually before doing all the research. So that was kind of neat to, to learn about. Um, so the Northern Fault runs from Hollister through the Santa Cruz Mountains, which was the epicenter of the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake, which was like a 6.9. That's a big one. On the, yeah. On the, <laughs> times 10. <laughs> on the Richter scale. Um, 
then it goes up to the San Francisco Peninsula, then offshore at uh, Daly City near Muscle Rock. And this area is thought to be the epicenter of the 1906 San Francisco earthquake, which registered as a 7.9 magnitude quake. Um, uh, I mean, that, that like register is maybe a little bit of an estimate because this is about 30 years before the Richter scale was actually created. So the estimate is a range anywhere from like 7.7 to actually like 8.3, which is very high. Uh, the central segment or the central fault uh, is the least problematic of all of them, it sounds like. Uh, it runs northwest from Parkfield to Hollister, and most of the segment experiences like a seismic creep, uh, which means that there's like fault slips that don't cause earthquakes, which is kind of interesting. I think what I was reading is like there was a Parkfield um, earthquake, but. Uh, it sounds like the likelihood for like regular earthquakes is not within the central segment. Do you do you think they decorate the fault lines? Um, you know what? We'll get into this a little what? bit, but <laughs> I don't they think they put little like lights on the edge so you don't have to jump in. Like, is there just like a giant hole? You can. There's yes. Okay, so I do have this in the notes, but you could go Google aerial view of the San Andreas Fault. And it's actually the picture I'm using for today's pod um, cover as well. But yeah, it's wild, crazy. Um, So the southern segment, which is like, if you haven't been listening up to now, this is the part I would listen to. Uh, The southern segment starts near Bombay Beach, and then it runs along the San Bernardino Mountains. Then it runs through the Cajon Pass, and then continues northwest along the northern base of the San Gabriel Mountains. None of this means anything to me because I'm so bad at California geography. I thought all of the San cities were near each other, Is like San Mateo. Um, no, oh. it's not. <laughs> so then it continues northwest to Elizabeth Lake. And as it goes from the towns of Gorman, Tejon Pass, and Fraser Park, the fault then bends northward and forms what's called the Big Bend. And this bend is thought to be where the fault kind of locks up in Southern California, where the earthquake recurrence interval is around every 140 to 160 years. Okay. So again, if you Google like San Andreas fault, um, you could see pretty visible shots of the fault from an aerial view. It's very neat uh, and terrifying, actually. I feel like I would fall in. Are you? uh, I'm going to know. I'm just carry on i'm I'm looking it up right now so the important thing to remember about this segment specifically is that it's capable of an 8.1 magnitude earthquake it passes about 35 miles to the northeast of los angeles so a large earthquake along this segment would have a devastating loss of life that is pretty big yeah it's terrifying it's like a giant scar yeah it's very scary i think people jump into it I don't know if that's possible. There was a large earthquake here in 1994 called the North Ridge Earthquake. It measured 6.7 on the scale, and it hit a suburb north of L.A. called North Ridge, if you couldn't tell by the name. Uh, The quake lasted around 10 to 20 seconds, and its shaking was felt as far away as San Diego and Las Vegas. And there are around 57 deaths with more than 9,000 people injured. Property damage was about 13 to 50 billion. That's in like your 90s dollars. So probably closer to like 24 to 93 billion in today's day. Uh, And it makes it one of the costliest natural disasters in our country's history. 
all that from like 20 seconds yeah that's insane yeah so oh just wait <laughs> this is terrifying so seismologists found um they do this like ongoing research it turns out um at this like fault near parkfield in central california um and they found that it regularly produces a 6.0 earthquake about once every 22 years um so it was like 1857, 81, 1901, So then they predicted that there would be one in 1993, and it uh, did eventually occur in 2004. So it was a little late. Well, geographically speaking, that's a it's pretty close. Yeah, it's like a blink, blink in like history of the Earth. Um, so it's obviously not a perfect science, but because this section of the fault is so predictable, it's become one of the most important areas in the world for large earthquake research, which is wild to me. So that 2004 earthquake was called the Parkfield earthquake and registered about a 6.0 on the Richter scale. Okay. So going to move up a little bit to more recent times. Moving on up. There's this study that was published in 2006 that stated that the San Andreas Fault is now capable of producing a 7.0 magnitude earthquake or greater because of the stress levels that it's reached. Um, also, same. So the risk. <laughs> <laughs> there. Oh my God, was that a genuine laugh? Because I told a joke when we were in the car, and you didn't say anything to me other than "What about that is funny?" Just in case anybody wants to know what our marriage is like. Uh, I'm a stand-up comic, and I'm constantly booed by the audience. We were driving home from Costco, and it was the radio was playing uh, "Highway to Hell." And she goes, "Which Queen song is this?" No, that's not even the fucking joke. So, uh, what was thanks. funny about it? I laughed. So there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the risk for this um, San Andreas fault is mostly concentrated on the southern section of the fault, like the region around Los Angeles uh, that we just talked about, because large-sized earthquakes have occurred somewhat recently on the central and northern segments of the fault, so like 1857 and 1906. Um, but the southern section has not seen a large-sized quake of a similar magnitude in at least 300 years. So that is why we are focusing on the southern segment and L.A. and... Uh, I don't know, buckle the fuck up, everybody, because it's going to get wild. So at a high level, if a quake were to happen in this section of the fault, it would cause major damage to the Palm Spring Indio metro area, cities within the San Bernardino, Riverside, and Imperial counties in California, and the Mexicali municipality in Baja, California. So uh, it would be strongly felt, potentially significant damage throughout most of the Southern California area, including densely populated areas of LA County, Ventura County, Orange County, whole bunch of counties like stretching as far as Yuma, Arizona. So uh, one thing that's wild is if you were to look at the fault lines in California, you have the San Andreas Fault, which is obviously the largest throughout the state. And then from that fault, there's like all of these little like veins of yeah, they got little veins that kind of like run through uh going west um i just don't understand the appeal of living anywhere near this because i would be on edge all the time if you've if you've not yet looked at the picture of like the the picture like the map of the fault line it pretty much runs along the western coast of california 
and then it kind of like juts inward a little bit but it does push places like san diego anaheim los angeles san francisco sure yeah kind of like they're all west of it and then like san jose oakland fresno sacramento are all like pretty close east of it yeah i think i was reading that like a majority of the california population lives to the west of this fault so you can imagine the devastation isn't like east of it like you know you know like east and south like just like desert it depends on where you're at the other thing i learned about california is that it's fucking huge so massive 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 state yeah this, I feel like a, when I first discovered how big California was, I felt like a, a fucking European discovering how big the U.S. actually was. Like, oh, could I drive from Illinois to Texas in one day? <laughs> no. Depends how fast you're going there, yeah. partner. <laughs> um, all right. So since that study was published, um, there hasn't been a substantial quake in the L.A. area, but uh, the USGS, which is the uh, U.S. Geological Survey, has made predictions about risk of future events, which uh, I think is used for a lot of people that live there is like a kick in the ass for preparation probably uh the most recent forecast that they made was in november of 2013 which i was like oh not that long ago and then uh, almost 10 years ago almost 10 years ago yo so uh they estimated that an earthquake of 6.7 or greater occurs once every 6.7 years throughout the state and they estimated there's like a 7 percent probability of an 8.0 or greater earthquake sometime in the next 30 years anywhere along the fault okay terrifying uh what does that mean what would really happen if like a quake of this size hit the state or the southern fault uh we're gonna go back to that 94 northridge earthquake a little bit so this was a 6.7 quake in the mid 90s so building codes have improved since then um population has increased for the metro area from like 8.8 million to over 10 million but from that 94 quake um, 11 hospitals suffered structural damage and they were damaged or rendered unusable, which I think as we've all kind of sat through COVID and seen our local hospitals get overwhelmed and then you have like overflow for whatever hospital could take it, um, you can probably imagine how fucking scary it is to be in one of these hospitals where you have to transfer out your inpatient populations and then the hospitals that can actually take them are completely overburdened. So your quality of care is probably non-existent. Um, But because of this, the state passed a law that said uh, all hospitals in the state needed to ensure that their acute care units and ERs uh, would be in like earthquake earthquake resistant buildings by 2005. Uh, Did they meet that? No. No. (laughs) No. No. We'll we'll be fine. Yeah. They didn't meet the deadline um, until like 2008 or 2009. So or I guess like didn't meet compliance until then. So um, because this, you know, was L.A., lots of movie and TV production was halted. And originally I was like, oh, boo-hoo. Um, but, you know, I, I was reading like the general hospital set was uh, destroyed. So, you know, like who cares about entertainment no. stuff? But if you think about it, like entertainment is such a big part of L.A. that it would affect a lot of jobs too. It would prevent a lot of people from being able to go back to work. Uh, they also postponed like sports games, themes park, theme parks were closed for inspection, uh, nightclubs, bars. Ironically, there's a ride at Universal Studios uh, in Florida, and there was 
was one in the California one called Earthquake. And it's fucking terrifying. I hated it. I, I, I actually don't know if it's at the one in Orlando anymore. I think the last time we there went. both? I didn't know there was there, that there were two universals yeah. in America. Yes. Yeah, just like there's two Disneys, but there's one that you really want to go to. <laughs> at least at least me. Um, yeah, the earthquake ride. I don't know. If you could look up a video it like? of it. What do they do? So you like go into this, um, I don't know, this ride, and it's like you're in a subway car, and then you feel the shaking, and it like mimics what it would be like if you're there during an earthquake. And obviously, you're in the subway. Do you smell like, like is there pee? There's no. It's the not that car? realistic. Oh. No. <laughs> um, and there's nobody smoking on it either. So then, like you get inundated with all this water. You know, it's you get terif- wet. No, you don't get wet. But it's terrifying. Actually, I'm gonna blame a lot of my anxiety on that ride. And then there's another one that was called Twister, um, where you like basically sit through a fake tornado um yeah maybe this is why i have uh i don't know like this unhealthy <laughs> obsession with yeah severe weather yeah there's also a there's also a movie i don't remember what it's called is it 2012 no but it's um I day think, for tomorrow no i think they're in california and like a volcano is exploding underground do you know what i'm talking about I definitely do. Yeah, I've watched that movie way too many times. I first saw it when I was really, really young. Tommy Lee Jones is in it. Yeah, I don't... And I'm pretty sure he gets melted by lava. Yeah, if somebody remembers what that movie is called, please let me know. It might be called Volcano. Uh, That would be really original. I'm going to (laughs) confirm. Okay, so while you do that, moving on to transportation, which we kind of already did. um, This is a huge metro area that relies on a lot of people driving. You've probably seen the hellhole of L.A. traffic. Um, There's personal cars. They take public transit. Matt just confirmed uh, by showing me his phone that the movie is called Volcano. Thank you. Is it based in California? It's called Volcano. Uh Los Angeles. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, LA. Just really getting shit on. Um, And in LA, also, there's a lot of people taking public transit. So there were parts of the interstate that were just completely closed because of structural failure or complete collapse. Um, Seven highway bridges suffered partial collapse and 170 suffered uh, damage ranging from minor cracking to the slumping of abutment fills. Uh, Abutment fills. Abutment. Um, so people who had daily commutes between, uh, Santa Clarita and LA and commuters on, uh, I-10, uh, you know, traveling to and from the West side basically had like quadruple the commute that they usually did. I don't, I don't know. Honestly, at that point I'd be like, I'm just going to take some sick days and I'll see y'all when the shit's fixed, which at that point I'm sure it would be a while, probably would be a while. So your rail service is also interrupted. You have Amtrak and Metrolink over there. Um, You know, they picked back up a few days after the quake. The MTA bus lines operated with detours and delays. Um, I imagine that's probably one of the easier ones to navigate. And then the LA airport and other airports were shut down as a precaution. Uh, One control tower of like a smaller airport uh, had radar failure and panel collapse. Um, classes at California State University Northridge was disrupted. Like all 58 buildings on the campus sustained significant damage. So they delayed starting the spring semester by 
two weeks, which I don't know what they fucking duct tape the walls back together. They brought in all the engineering students. <laughs> hey, y'all want extra credit? Okay, so actually, I do know what they did. They brought in mobile classrooms. Um, trailers. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> They're called trailers. Uh, but there was a sharp drop in student enrollment after the earth- earthquake, understandably. Um, Santa Monica also suffered significant damage. There were a lot of apartment buildings that were like yellow and red tagged, which uh, basically means that they were just unsafe living conditions and uninhabitable. And in general, just lots of property damage there. Um, something else that's not really thought about, the post office suspended operations for days throughout the, the area, um, and especially in a time where internet was not really a thing that you'd be paying your bills on in 94. Um, That's really problematic. Libraries were shut down, churches were closed, and businesses were closed for days. Like infrastructure wasn't rebuilt for months or even in some cases for years. So some of those businesses maybe just didn't come back at all. And you also have to imagine that there were widespread power outages and fires that were generated from power lines being downed. So all of that to say that is from an earthquake in the mid 90s that's like 6.7 on the scale so we're talking about something that's going to be greater than that a greater population and there's tons of people in this like san fernando valley that just lost their homes or had structural damage that was like too severe for them to really feel comfortable living in before they started doing repairs and also like you have to imagine The same thing happens when there's, like, hurricanes and tornadoes. Like, everybody goes to run out to fucking Home Depot, and then there's nothing left. Um, And again, this is back in 94. You didn't have fucking Amazon Prime to get you some, like, large, you know, 50 by 50 blue tents to the house. So um, those who were unaffected by structural damage just chose not to even live at home anyways because they were, like, concerned about aftershocks, which... I would completely understand. So they lived with like friends and family outside the area. And there was so much lost by insurance companies after this quake. Most of the insurance companies stopped offering or severely reduced their earthquake insurance in the state, which I understand, but also like, what the, like, what are people supposed to do? That's what you need the insurance for. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. The whole point of insurance is like they charge you so that you never use it yeah <laughs> i mean that's that's really the scam of our entire existence um so as a result of the changes within the insurance companies uh the california earthquake authority was created and it's publicly managed but privately funded and it offers like pretty minimal coverage so there's coverage but it's um i don't know probably close to not non-existent and I know we're spending a lot of time on this 94 quake, but this earthquake in particular is generally treated as like the quote unquote comparison for a glimpse of what we can expect for the big one. So this is like baseline. This is like best case scenario for the big one. Um, Although it's likely that the big one would be significantly worse than this. Actually, I think if it were, well, I don't know. I'm not a seismologist, so I don't know shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm just an expert after a couple of days of research. In all my years growing up as a Midwestern lad, um, I kept hearing about, oh, well, when California falls off the country. Yeah. Yeah. Will this earthquake knock California 
off of the continental U.S.? Will it be an island or will it just go away? Yeah, I don't think that that's going to happen. And it seems like seismologists don't think that that's going to happen either. Uh, but who knows? We'll wait and see. What about Florida? Florida can go. <laughs> Where's Florida going? <laughs> Florida's going. You could probably swap Italy with Florida. Yeah. Oh, that would be nice. would be happier. Yeah, that would be nice. I, I'm sure the Italians would not be as interested as we would be. And I want Sicily, too. Yeah. No, no, no. All of Italy. I want all of Italy all or of it. none of it. Yeah. <laughs> we should write somebody about this. Who do we, who do we, you know what? If we make a petition uh, and it gets like a certain amount of whitehouse.gov signatures, the White House has to respond. That's not actually true. Uh, people legally, just think it's true. <laughs> if the professor isn't here in 50 minutes, legally we can leave this this class. If we cut Florida off and within 15 minutes they don't reattach themselves, that means legally they're not our problem they're anymore. They're not part of the country anymore. Sorry, Florida. Florida guy. <laughs> so what can we actually expect during the big one? So USGS has placed that over the next 30 years, um, and really over the next 30 years is generous because this was written uh, kind of a while ago. Um, the probability of a magnitude 7 earthquake hitting LA is at 46%, and uh, for 7.5, LA is at 31%. So and alarmingly it's high percentages. Really high. For disasters. Yeah. Uh, like my big thing is uh asteroids mm, and so mm -hmm. nasa goes well there's a pretty high risk of this asteroid hitting earth and it's like 0. 0.0001 percent and, and yeah and they're like yep that's a pretty high percentage yep yeah i live by statistics that's the only thing that makes my anxiety better is uh just the likelihood of yeah they, no. they don't help me yeah they don't help me yeah it's the only thing that makes me feel better i just think of that one time uh, flying out of Tampa. <laughs> I don't know if we've told this story before, but uh, we got stuck in Orlando during Hurricane Matthew in like 2016, I think it was. It was a great, and a great um, vacation. I mean, I felt like a complete dickhead because we're like hurricane prepping, very loose quotes, in the sense that we were staying in a nice hotel that was like, you know, rated for a category five. So we were fine. But, uh, you know, the hotel did tell us, go get your own groceries. So we go to the grocery store and we're just buying like snacks and beer because loads of beer, you know, whatever. And uh, the like actual Orlando citizens are buying practical things, garbage cans, garbage bags, Toilet tarps. Um, so we're the obvious fucking assholes who are, you know, just having a good time when nobody else is. That's <laughs> a hurricane. Yeah. And so we're delayed a couple days getting home, have to fly out of Tampa instead of Orlando. Cause Orlando's airport I think was so backed up. Uh, so as we're flying home from Tampa, uh, you know, we have to, I think we like, we're stopping in North Carolina or something on we the way. We had to like taxi, is that the call it? When you yeah. like land and then more folks come on. Yeah. Something like that. So we're so, flying to like Carolina at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're basically just following the hurricane path at that point. I think it was, I don't remember. Um, but we hit turbulence from the hurricane, uh, just at the point where Matt was trying to take a shit in the bathroom. And when I say turbulence, I don't mean like, oh, it's a little rumbly. I mean, like, we I, fucking I had fell. Like, I had like three feet between me and the toilet seat. <laughs> we 
fell out of the sky. I've never been so scared for my fucking life. And uh, you know what? Shit like that is why I want to clap when we land safely oh, don't for do the that. pilot. Don't I'm, do that. I'm white enough don't, that I'll don't do that. Do that. Anyways, all that to say, um, that's the closest I ever want to get to a hurricane, which is why I live in Chicago. So, and literally nowhere else. I always love when the hurricane kind of like, you know, it, it stops being a hurricane, just becomes like a, you know, it just moves up and hits a us. A tropical storm, it, 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 no, and then, then it's then a tropical just, depression. And then it's just rain. And then it's just a shitload of fucking rain that hits us for like two days. I it's love terrible. It. I love it. God, that's why we have flood insurance now. No. Okay. Anyways, getting back to this earthquake. So uh, USGS says that it's likely we will see this big one before 2032. It's 2022 now. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. So I'm saying uh, that's pretty fucking scary. And uh, if you're listening to this pod, there's a there's probably a good chance you'll be alive for this to happen. So unless you die. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, you're beforehand. God. And you're not going to see it. Uh, but you think you will. Oh, my God. OK. Well, all right. All right. God throwing me off my kilter here so um there's another study that usgs puts out that uh this abc article details like super duper well it's all in the show notes so if this is interesting to you definitely go check these out because a lot of what i have is just putting together the highlights but the next details that i'm going to go through uh are coming from that article so it's the abc article in the show notes um and i would say it's less of a predictable and it's more of like a probability range and if you you know uh want to read about it more there's also a link called uh the shakeout earthquake scenario that uh apparently is like a big thing over there uh also has resources to, like help with prepping so uh this is with an estimated 7.8 magnitude earthquake hitting the la metro area lasts about three minutes okay so that 94 one was 20 10 to 20 seconds. Yes. Yeah. Three minutes. So it's 15 times greater than the 94 Northridge quake that we talked about. An estimated 200 billion in damage happens. And that's like the 2008 number. So it increases a little bit for inflation. Inflation. Uh, and about 1,800 people die. So water and sewer pipes crack. People lose access to the city's water supply. Um, as you can imagine as well, like people are going to be running out to the stores to get water as soon as they can. Uh, there's going to be power outages. So the widespread power outages means that you're only going to be able to use cash if that, if stores can even accept anything. So what, what would happen if people aren't able to pay for things at the store? Uh, and they just experienced a natural disaster. Ooh, yeah. What are they going to do? Probably widespread looting uh, out of desperation. Uh, major infrastructure like highways would collapse. Uh, some high-rise steel frame buildings and older concrete and brick structures would collapse. There's extensive damage that would occur to like 300-plus schools and 100-plus hazardous material sites. Um 50,000 people are injured, uh, you know, and they overwhelm the hospitals. Uh, of the 1,800 who are estimated to die, only 700 of those are from building collapses. 
So many die from the almost 2,000 fires that would burn across the area. And fires now spread rapidly thanks to these like fierce winds that happen in this area. Uh, And firefighters obviously can't keep up. They have like emergency calls they're running to. They're trying to fight fires. There's just they're just going to be spread way too thin. So this article and the report put together this like major uh, like elements of of a timeline, um, which I think really puts it into perspective. There's also a video of this uh, that USGS has. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, pretty terrifying. So 10 a.m. Fault ruptures, shockwaves race at two miles per second. Uh, About 30 seconds later, the agricultural Coachella Valley shakes first. Uh, Older buildings just completely crumble. Fires start, sections of Interstate 10 break apart, and one minute later, Interstate 15 is severed in places. The rail lines break, tremors hit Riverside and San Bernardino counties. Uh, A minute and a half later, shockwaves advance towards the LA Basin, shaking it violently for 55 seconds. Two minutes later... The rupture stops near Palmdale, uh, but waves march uh, north toward coastal Santa Barbara and into the central valley of Bakersfield. 30 minutes later, emergency responders begin attempting to respond to calls across the area. Uh, A magnitude 7 aftershock hits, sends its energy south into Mexico. Uh, Several more big aftershocks will hit in the following days and months. Uh, And emergency responders will resort to doing what's called windshield surveys. So they will roll through neighborhoods to tally damage and identify the areas of greatest need. Mm -hmm. Um, You also have to remember that there probably won't be the ability to use cell phones in a lot of these places. Uh, Major fires are expected to cause most of the damage. They would destroy 200 million square feet of housing and residential properties worth between 40 billion and 100 billion. And if you really want to shit your pants because this isn't scary enough, uh, this is just for the San Andreas Fault in Southern California. Um, So again, USGS has like a video of this, specifically that timeline uh, that covers everything well that is in the notes. Um, There's other scenarios of the big one. There's like a magnitude 7 earthquake on the Hayward Fault hitting the Bay Area. So that would be like 800 people dead, 18,000 people injured, 400 fires, more than 400,000 people displaced from their homes. Um, There would be a magnitude 7.5 earthquake along the, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher this, Puente Hills Thrust Fault. That sounds good. Great. Uh, In Southern California, 18,000 people dead. $250 in damage if it occurred on a weekday afternoon. The next one would be a magnitude 7.3 along the Palos Verdes Fault in Southern California as well. Uh, Like I said, there's a lot of like little veins of fault. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, So that would leave 200 people dead, 2,000 buildings destroyed, and it could liquefy artificial land beneath um, the nation's largest port complex. And the last one, uh, or I guess like the last note about this is that the Puente Hills and Palos Verdes fault scenarios are a lot less likely to happen, actually. Uh, The Hayward fault line um, in probability is right behind the Southern San Andreas uh, fault discussions we just had. So pretty scary. Um, That's 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 where a lot of this ends. Uh, That was fucking terrifying to walk through. Um, if you live in California, I hope you are prepared for the big one. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Not with a whimper, but with a bang. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you live in California and you're not prepared for an earthquake, I don't know. Maybe do that. Maybe think about like living somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Come to the Midwest. The worst thing we have um, is like tornadoes, if that. And you got to drive everywhere. And you have to drive everywhere. And if you like biking, uh, depending on where you live, there's not a lot of bike lanes. Sorry. And even when there are bike lanes, they're not. You're still going to get hit. You're still going to get hit. Sorry. Just wear a helmet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really have a great like ending for this. Um, that's just it. So I think the fucking scary thing is this shit's going to happen at some point. It's going to happen in, in the next 10 years or so. I mean, that's it the should. that's like the highest probability. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's why I just fucking live in Chicago. I don't have any hurricanes. We get tornado warnings. What else What else happens? We get some water. We've been getting those derate shows every year. Oh, those are fucking terrible. We've been getting those 100-year rains. Yeah, every, every year. year. <laughs> That's why we got that flood insurance, y'all. Um, all right. Well, this was, uh, like, I don't know, 40 minutes of doom and gloom, so... We got J.B. Pritzker. We, we do have J.B. Pritzker. <laughs> Where are his toilets? <laughs> the gold toilets. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, um, I'm sorry I don't have a better ending for this. So I'm just I'm just going to go finish this beer. And uh, I guess I'll see you all next week. Yeah. The rumbling's coming. The <laughs> please, please just prepare. Although me saying that not knowing shit about California as probably like a person in California telling us like, Oh, we better make sure we're prepared for an F five tornado to hit the house, which in reality we should be, but yeah, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, we'll be all right. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week. Uh, we'll see you next Monday. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.